Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football. The Lakers Fast Break and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe. Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest PCC Multiverse, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture, also, as well, of course, inside sports, fantasy football, the world of the NFL heads into the playoffs. And we're covering it like no one else at inside sports, fantasy football. Plus, also, as well, the state of pro wrestling and more. Go ahead and check us out by subscribing, liking, following us today on Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you do so on Facebook, you'll get the latest news and trends in pop culture as well. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my returning friend having quite a bit of a New Year's hangover indeed. She is the mistress of all RPG action going on within the realm of Pop Culture Cosmos. Also as well, go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Vampires at Vitae. And she has a new project she started with the turn of the new year. And I'll let her explain that as well. It is a good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check her out anytime that she is here expressing her pop culture wisdom. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, I'm going to say this on the air. Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> a little bit later than what we thought it would be, but circumstances and your life is really busy. So. Yeah, things happen and goodness gracious. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, keeping Robbie Ross in line. Absolutely. That's, that, that's a big chore in and of itself. Yeah, it's, a, it's a full-time job, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he probably says as well. Yeah. But it is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. Please check out what she and Robbie do every day right there where you get your podcast at Vampires of Vitae. Plus, I will let her explain her new project within the realm of Wizards and Wine as well. Wild Beyond the Witch Slide, all that good stuff. Go ahead, and I will make sure that she gets time to go ahead and express her love for the RPG right there as part of what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it is a great PCC multiverse we have on hand for everyone out there. Thanks so much for listening. Happy New Year to everyone listening on radio all around the world. Truly appreciate it. Our subjects today includes the latest show, Dropped On by Disney Plus and Marvel's Echo. Does it enhance anything for the future of the MCU? I'll discuss that here in a minute. Plus also as well, I went to CES. In fact, these legs are tired from being at the Consumer Electronics Show 2024. I have been uh, privileged to be a part of the CES scene since 1996. So I'm looking forward to going ahead and telling you what happened 
during the course of my trip to CES, the trends, what's going on, what's hot, what's in, what everybody's talking about. So I am going to go ahead and make sure that you know what's going on with CES. That's coming up later in the show. Plus also we've got some new Star Trek and Star Wars news, one of which delighted Melinda when I told it to her. Plus also what zombie film series could be getting a comeback. People are excited about it, including Brett Allen, a fellow podcaster who has a lot of great interviews. You should check out the Brett Allen show anytime you get a chance. Go ahead and check that out. But yes, he was excited when I dropped the news that there's a zombie series coming up. Hopefully, we will go ahead and be able to talk about that on the show as well. But first, my friend, it is Marvel's Echo debuted this week. They did a Netflix-style dump or drop, however you'd like to say it. Uh, I, I don't want to be too mean and come off a little bit abrasive, uh, but I did watch all five episodes. Um, I will say that my time spent at Echo was not as good as what it was for a couple weeks ago with Marvel, Marvel's What If Season 2. Uh, so I don't know as far as if you've caught any of it yet. Is this something that catches your eye? It is part of the Marvel Spotlight series because of its, I guess, uh, adult nature in regards to the violence that's there. So what are your thoughts as far as the Marvel Echo? Is it something you're going to catch or have you caught an episode or two yet? I, and I don't want to say this too loudly because as soon as people hear this, um, I'm going to get phone calls, but I don't have any plans for saturday so saturday was going to be my echo day um but everything that i've seen about it and the people that i've spoken to uh who i know who have watched it all the way through um have all had positive things to say about it so i i find it that interesting uh i'm glad that they enjoyed it i and yeah. again i always love it when people enjoy things i don't necessarily enjoy mm -hmm. um and this comes off a derivative of a a TV series in Hawkeye, which to me stands out as the best of right. all the Disney Marvel series. I've said that on the show it was one of my best of the year it came out. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it, it was, was meant to do a lot of things and it did them very well. Uh, and one of those things was explain a lot about Echo and introduce you to her character plus also reintroduce you to the Netflix's Kingpin, Kingpin, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, Kurt Affair says, I'm glad they finally made a series about Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. He's a big-time jokester, that Kurt Affair. Yes, this is actually Marvel Studios, Marvel's Echo. A little bit different there, but uh, Alakwa Cox, I, or Alakwea Cox, I can't get her name right. Just forgive me for mispronunciation on that. But I will say, as Echo, she does very well with what she can do as far as expressing everything out there. Remember, she is an actress who her she does not speak. She uses sign languages, uh, sign language to communicate as far as that's concerned and act as far as you know for everything that she's done in the series. And I thought she portrays her character extremely well. Uh, I think Vincent D'Onofrio in his scenes in Kingpin uh, is is his usual Netflix brilliant standard, 
but and I also like the the nods and the lore of the Choctaw Nation of the Native American uh, lore that they went into and how they incorporate that into the characters and the powers behind Echo that she gains during the course of the series. Spoilers. But the story itself, everything around it, when it deals with any modern stuff, when it deals with as far as the the Kingpin's underworld and, the, and anything of that nature, the organized crime aspect of it, that's all derivative and very samey. Where Hawkeye treated it with a sense of humor, with trust to bros and and all that stuff that they were incorporating there, which made you smile and, and actually was uh, very entertaining. This they tried to deal with a more in a deal with it in a more serious fashion, and to me that was really disappointing and it was really uh, cut rate. And I think that the whole series suffers for it. So I cannot give it a recommendation. Um, again. Uh, she, I think, deserves better quality material surrounded for her. I think the Choctaw Nation, as far as the lore as it tells, uh, tells it, deserves a little bit more, uh, I guess, uh, quality in writing surrounding it as far as the, the other crime elements that came into play. The lore itself, when they dealt with that, that was really interesting. But when they dealt off of it, yeah, that was really not worth watching. Yeah, some of the stuff that I've been watching, uh, you know, kind of surrounding the show is that uh, the writers and producers actually spent a lot of time with the Choctaw Nation. Um, and, uh, and that they... part is, again, is the best part of the series. Yeah. So, you know, um, they uh, they spent a lot of time there. They they really cared about making sure that they told that story and that they told that story well and that they told it correctly. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that was a, a selling point of the show. And honestly, anything that has Vincent D'Onofrio in it at this point is going to get my attention. So, and Disney and Marvel's What If Season 2 had an episode they also dedicated to Native American lore, which I thought was really well done and touched on it absolutely brilliantly, uh, dealing with as far as the Spanish conquistadors, I think, uh, trying to overtake an area populated by native americans and how uh, a native american gets the hold of the powers of the tesseract and yeah if you got to watch that episode that was really well done in that sense and i think that was done much better than what we saw out of echo and yeah for me i think it's going to be a slight pass and i think it's just a little bit underwhelming i think i deal with it as far as you know i see what they did when they they didn't have the highest of confidence in it so that's why they just put all five episodes out there in a non-traditional Netflix style dump of five episodes. And, and there you go. But Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin character is always entertaining mm -hmm. and he's just not in it enough to be able to save uh, again. What's something that to me was disappointed because it's generic paint by the numbers, uh, organized crime scenes are, are really redundant. And even though the fight scenes were acceptable, yeah, I just thought it was underwhelming as a whole. All right. Well, I mean, we'll we'll get into the brass tacks of it maybe next week after I burn through the series on uh, on Saturday. I hope you like it a lot more, new. And I think I think you will. Uh, sometimes I'm a I'm a tough critic on that, but I've seen so much TV when it reminds me when writing and directing seems to me something that I've seen a hundred times before. Mm. I kind of say, you know what, you're not reaching far enough, and and. Yeah, when they when they went to the regular scenes as far as what's happening in the modern day, yeah, that's something to me was just really uh, quite disappointing there. But it is Marvel's Echo, 
It is available now on Disney Plus. Go ahead and check out all five episodes. And if you have thoughts on it, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we head to the break and Melinda's best of pop culture in 2023, I want to go ahead and touch on some news items that you are interested in. First up, a new Star Trek movie has mm-hmm. been announced in development. Yay and nay, I say. That's why same. Do I, same. Why do I say yay? Yay that they're going to do another Star Trek movie. Yes. But uh, supposedly the synopsis of it will be is that it will take place before the 2009 Star Trek, uh, what is it, Kelvin generation Star Star Trek. Yeah. The one that's gotten the most love from you know reviewing rewatching whatnot chris pine zachary quinto zoe saldana led movie and you know there were various times for the past three four or five years that they were going to try and do one more final one together i'm not sure if that's the case but this new star trek film is going to be outside of their universe and to me i find that disappointed that they will not close their I guess, series with this group that I love so much, Simon Pegg. Yeah, just uh, Carl Urban. I love that group so much as far as it's, you know, I really think they clicked even in the substandard last movie that that was that they have. They still the, the just their chemistry works as a team. And I'm just so sad that it will not it will just look like it looks like right now that they will not get a last opportunity to do one more film. Yeah, that 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 is too bad. But I'll, you know what else is too bad? The fact that Anson Mount once again does not get an opportunity to get himself on the big screen. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's not I mean, that's not what's standing. <laughs> I still would like to go to Kevin Feige. That's what you did with Anson Mount? Is you gave him a character that doesn't <laughs> right? speak? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. need I digress on that? But your thoughts on Star Trek before we head to the break? Yeah, no, uh, I mean, and I, you know, I say it all the time, bad Trek is better than no Trek, bad Trek movie. I don't know. Maybe I'm starting to get a little bit tired of saying it. Maybe it, maybe the bad Trek is better than no Trek. I could just rerun the commercial with that clip if you want. (laughs) Yeah, right. But maybe, maybe that doesn't apply so much to the movies as it does to the TV shows. You know, maybe, maybe bad Star Trek movies hurt the franchise a little bit more than a bad uh television series does do you does that, think i don't do you know think dungeons and dragons because paramount produced dungeons and dragons do you think the less than stellar box office returns for a well-received movie might be part of the reason that they just don't have enough confidence in that kelvin crew no i don't think so because okay. i i think at that point you're comparing apples to oranges it's you know okay. it's it's a movie and you know the actor yes but I, I think that it's two incredibly different um, scenarios. One's a fantasy film. The other is a sci-fi film. And and I, okay. I mean, yes, the two often do walk hand in hand together, but I, I think here there's a, there's an absolute distinction. And I don't think that that was on Chris Pine. You're listening to the pop culture cosmos. For the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcast star trek is going to go ahead and hopefully get something out there to the theaters you and i've been clamoring for that also a lot of people have been clamoring for a return for star wars to the theaters 
because they seemingly blocked out the last Skywalker from their minds, <laughs> as Josh did in another ad I still replay to this day. <laughs> One of our brightest moments of our entire series was when she made the comment about uh, Star Trek and when Josh made the comment about Star Wars. But Star Wars looks like the first movie that will be back after some kind of mix-ups and some 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 changes in the schedule and things of that nature. Although Taika Waititi and there's still others in development that are still going to be there. The Thrawn movies can also be there, although they're going to probably do Ahsoka. Dave Filoni is going to do Ahsoka uh, season two first. Is a Mandalorian Grogu movie headed up by John Favreau. I think, you know, I was watching one of my favorite YouTube channels, Emergency Awesome, and said that this is probably the safest yeah. way to go. And if you're Disney, I agree. It's the safest way to go. Mandalorian even he picked up the slow points in the book of Sloba Fett. You know, people like those episodes that were dealing with him. He didn't have the greatest season three in the world. It was kind of disappointing to some. I, I thought it was all right. Season two was his highlight as far as I'm concerned. But throw baby Yoda, baby Grogu out there for two and a half hours. And I think people will be okay. Yeah, I, I think it's an easy one. It, that's going to back up the Brinks trucks to the movie theaters, and and it's going to uh, make a, a little bit of cash, I would say. Also wanted to go ahead and mention before we head to the break, two more projects, and one of which you might be interested in, and that is 28 Days Later, or 28 Weeks Later. I'm just going to say, let's say the 28 series. How about that? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, with the 28 Danny Boyle. Yeah, yeah the, the zombie movies uh, that from long ago the first one starring possible academy award winner cillian murphy you never mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. danny boyle the director he is uh, returning to direct a sequel trilogy and there's if it's whether it's three movies or just finishing off the last one as a trilogy 28 years later because he had 28 weeks 28 days <laughs> i'm assuming that the last one would be 28 years later what are Should your be. thoughts about that? Very underrated movies, cult classics, very well thought of, always considered among the very best of zombie movies that are out there. Yeah, myself, not a huge zombie fan, uh, honestly. Uh, haven't, I haven't, well, you know, it, it's an unreasonable, an unreasonable aversion to zombies that I have, actually. But um, I always hear good stuff about uh, the 28 series of, of zombie films. So um, I don't expect this one to break that kind of formula that the that those movies have. So I'm, I'm not expecting this one to do poorly or anything like that. Last but not least, can you go to Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook for me real quick? Can I, like, right now? Okay. Yeah, if you can, on the air. And I want you to go ahead, and I want you to scroll down a little bit to other stuff below the 28 weekdays later, okay. below the Star Trek. Okay. Uh, there's a link, because today dropped, and I posted the link on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, for the new Halo Season 2 trailer. And when you look at that JPEG that I put up there, mm -hmm. what do you see? Hang on. Okay, there, there's us. It's right, it's right there's... below, right below Star Trek. Just keep looking below, below Star Trek. You're gonna why, find. Why it. is it only showing me what I posted on Pop Culture Cosmos? Hang on a second. I don't know. I don't know how anyway. old. I don't know how to navigate Facebook. <laughs> Just kidding. That's okay. what my my, uh, my kids say. Okay, oh, you're 28... old. You must like Facebook. There's Star Trek. There's Master Chief. Is that the one? Yes. So what do you Ooh. see with Master Chief right there? Master Chief in the picture as a promo for season two, which I believe is coming out in March, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 
what do I see? Yes. Well, it took me a second. And to what do out. you not see? And also as well. Oh, okay. Well, there's no helmet. There you go. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that made fans from all around the world mad <laughs> about season one, yeah. about how he put took off his helmet and it basically had his helmet off for most of the series in season one. Yeah. They are doing it right in your face again for season two. Absolutely terrible. I don't care if the guy wants to show his face off or if he's contracted on that. Master Chief has his helmet on 99% of the time in all the lore, whether it's books, whether it's video games, videos, uh, anything. And yet they choose to go this route. It was considered, not, not just that aspect of it, it was considered by us, I think both Josh and myself, definitely me, as one of the worst aspects i think of 2022 yeah i think it came out yes it was one of the worst of pop culture 2022 i don't want to really want to go ahead and put the cart in front of the horse and say it's going to be worse again but that's not getting it off to a sparkling start for someone who appreciates and has enjoyed the halo lore looking right above me there melinda uh -huh. what do you see with master chief on that's, halo 3 right there that uh that looks like an awful lot like a like a helmet yes yeah yeah that's a helmet <laughs> yes, that's why I'm so mad at what Paramount is doing to really, you know, just, I don't know, throw a whole lot of gasoline on the fire with Halo fans right now. What, you, what are your thoughts, you, thoughts before we head, head to the break? Do you suppose it's just a thing about, um, and not necessarily the actor wanting his face to be in there, but for... Um, like the the writers and uh, the people, you know, coming up with the storyboards and stuff, just having a problem with not being able to see facial expressions. Do you suppose that that I don't I don't I'm, I don't I'm trying know. to justify it and I don't know that I can. Well, all we talk about la this time last year was how well uh, the I mean, just as far as The Last of Us was done as a series because they stayed true to the game. Yeah. Halo was one of our worst of 2022 because they did not stay true to the game. Yeah. So, yeah, that really pisses me off. I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to say it like it is. It does come out on February the 8th. I will be checking it out. I will be suffering through that pain once again because I suffer through stuff like this all the time. Video game adaptations who are finally starting to get some love and appreciation. And I know it did well for Paramount. I know it did well. That's why they're getting a season two. But my God, this really makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they, you know, it's I, I guess it's taking something that is for a and I'm I'm going to use the term loosely here, but like a, a niche audience and, and trying to open it up and, and attract a, a wider audience who maybe hasn't played Halo before or what have you. Perhaps they're trying to super surf that kind of an audience. Maybe. I don't know. I'm still trying to find a justification for it. Keep finding it because yeah. it ain't there. I'm <laughs> sorry. Gonna, that's going to keep reaching. But what are your thoughts out there on a new Star Trek, Star Wars movie, 28 weeks later movie, possibly even a trilogy, and also as well Marvel's Echo and the new Halo Season 2 trailer? What are your thoughts on that? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, here it comes. The best of pop culture for 2023. It starts off with Melinda. Melinda. In your infinite wisdom, we've been waiting for this for weeks now. 
Go ahead, my friend. The floor is now yours on the best of pop culture, anything in pop culture for you for 2023. I'm actually going to start with a new gadget uh, that I got in 2023. And I can't remember if they were released in 2023 or if it was late 2022. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, if you are a streamer or if you have someone in your life who is and you don't want to, you know, get the mirrorless cameras like, uh, you know, like a lot of the uh, a lot of the streamers and stuff do you look at you look for alternatives, right? If you haven't come across the Elgato uh, series of lights and microphones and sound pads and uh, cameras, then you need to look into them. Um, we've been with Elgato for a minute. We've been using their stuff. We're not affiliated with them at all. I mean, you know, we're just not. But this was their first camera, right? I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Mm -hmm. It it was a great little camera. It did a wonderful for us, for Vampires and Vitae and for Wizards and Wine when we were heavy into our live streaming. Um, let me see here. Elgato Prime Lens, 1080p, 60 frames, 24 millimeter, you know, Perfect. Great little unit. And I believe now uh, that the new version that I'm going to show you here in a second has come out, uh, the, the price of these uh, has dropped. So these are still very, very good. And, you know, if you get this instead of the newer version, you're not going to be disappointed. However, with that said, um, this is the new version. It's, it's a little sleeker. It's slimmer. It's a little heavier to be honest with you. Um, but the difference here is now in the uh, software that you get with these cameras, you can pan and tilt right from the software. You don't have to physically move the camera anymore. So uh, the camera that is on here tonight is one of these. And I have it actually facing, if you look at the lens, it looks like it should be filming that corner over there. But because I have it tilted, you're seeing this different angle from what the camera is actually sitting at so uh they're really very cool super easy to use i mean i figured it out <laughs> that's that's a credit to elgato the fact that i figured this out um but no i can't say enough good stuff about elgato and their products i have yet to be disappointed by anything that i've gotten from them uh these are still a little bit pricey i think these ones are around two hundred dollars uh, when I picked them up, but again, that might've been really close to when they first dropped. So they may have come down a little bit in price, uh, by now. So, uh, but yeah, just something that you may want to look into. They're always to updating the firmware and the software that it takes to run these cameras too. So, uh, just good stuff. They work really well with OBS and, uh, Streamlabs and, and all of the different, uh, services that we use. They work really well on, uh, discord, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, no good stuff. Love this stuff. Can't get enough of Elgato. So that was probably my favorite tech product that we came into contact with uh, in 2023. Um, my favorite video games, I mean, really, there were only two that I seriously played in 2023. And I have to put them both on the list. And I have to do it because, number one, Diablo 4 will, uh, Diablo just forever is going to have a best of space on my list. It doesn't matter what year it comes out. It's my best of 2027, quite frankly, and 2037 and 2047. And anyway, uh, really enjoyed it. It still feels like Diablo. If you haven't picked up the game yet, you've been, th you know, kind of thinking about it. Uh, it feels like a solid Diablo game, and uh, they've brought back a couple of stuff from earlier editions that you see pop up in the game uh, and things like that. So uh, it's just it's another fun one. Uh, the other, of course, everybody's been talking about that, and that is going to be Baldur's Gate. Uh, yes. Uh, do do yourself a favor and get it. Baldur's even Gate 3. Yeah, Baldur's even... 
even if you're not a, like a D and D fan, Baldur's Gate three is uh, it's going to knock your socks off. Uh, it's a really fun game to play. And I love that when you're setting up your characters, um, you can set it up. So you have like a balanced game between RP and combat. You can have an RP heavy version of the game. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. You can really kind of control your gaming experience with the, how you set up your character in the very beginning. Um, I most recently last night, uh, Gerald, I don't remember if you remember my half orc barbarian named Maddie. I do. Um, well, I've created her in Baldur's Gate 3. and uh, Yeah, and, uh, you know, she's doing all right. She's doing all right. I, I'm pleased as punch. So that's been really How fun. is she with doors? You know what? Uh, I I only played long enough yesterday to get myself off of the uh, opening kind of scene that you're into. So I've just gotten out of the uh, the sphincter doors. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of beating those ones, I don't think. Um, Fair but, enough. Yeah, uh, no, but really good stuff. Uh, really fun. And um, easy to lose hours in that game, for sure. Definitely right. easy to get carried away in. Uh, if you're looking for a new tabletop RPG experience, I know technically maybe 2022, but we got a hold of it in 2023, Vasin. This is a really cool game. It's really fun. It's based on Celtic folklore. It uses really familiar systems. It feels a lot like uh, if you're playing Call of Cthulhu, it kind of has that kind of feel to it. It's mysterious. It's dark. And unlike D&D, in this one, maybe you don't want to fight those monsters. They will get you. <laughs> so uh, if you've been looking for something a little bit different to introduce your table to, consider Vasin. It's really, really great. And uh, we got this one from Free League Publishing. So big thank you to them for the hookup on that one. They've been so tremendous with us. Yeah. It's just absolutely just a tremendous organization to work with. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons, and visit with one-of-a-kind creators, discover incredible places, and see historical artifacts. Whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema, Planet Cool Stuff has got you covered. Planet Cool Stuff, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Uh, I'm going to switch over to music for a moment because I discovered Sleep Token this year. And if you haven't discovered Sleep Token yet, I am jealous because the first time you listen to them, because you're not going to know what to expect, right? They're, they call them, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who've been trying to categorize the band and, and put them in some kind of category. Some people call them a metal band. Some people call them like just a heavier rock band. Uh, other people are referring to it as sexy core, which I thought was interesting. Um, but but uh, their album, Take Me Back to Eden, uh, came out this year. And it was the album that I caught the Sleep Token Wave on. And uh, just every time I start to listen to an album before I know it, the entire album has gone by. And I'm always left wanting to hear more. So uh, if you're not familiar with Sleep Token, uh, make 2024 the year that you discover them. Because they really are fantastic. They have really interesting, uh, kind of crafted this really interesting lore around the band as well. Uh, there's lots of fan theories out there that you can easily rabbit hole down and you can be up until two o'clock in the morning trying to figure out exactly what this band is about and what they're up to. So it's, it's really good stuff. All Can't right. Enough. What did you think of sleep token? I know I sent you some stuff. Not too shabby at all. I, I agree with you on many of your points in regards to it. I think that's something that 
I think everybody should at least take a look at if it's something of their interest. So yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that. Uh, everybody that I've sent uh, sleep token stuff to you, uh, cause I share music with a lot of people. I mean, it's what I used to do in my previous life in radio. So uh, when I, when I hear new music, I still get that, that rush to, to share it with an audience, yeah. right? Pe- people need to check it out there. It was, yeah. I thought it was really cool. The, every person that I have sent sleep token to has been like, who are these people and how have I never heard of this band until right this second? So they're definitely worth looking into. And my favorite show, hands down, uh, for 2023 was Blue Eyed Samurai. Hmm, interesting. Hands Never down. even knew that was coming. Yeah, I bet okay, you Yes, didn't. I did. Actually, absolutely. You've been praising <laughs> it for weeks. How, how did I not think you were going to talk about that? Right now, and I know because I know that you watched it and I know that you were like, no, I'm going to save it. We'll talk about it on the best of. So I have been dying with anticipation, Gerald. What did you think of Blue Eyed Samurai? That's this is the only thing on my list. I will actually go ahead and appear to you as far as the best or worst of uh, right Uh now, because I'll save all that for next week for either you or Josh on, on either show. I have so much to run off since we'd be here all day and all night but i do want to talk ces i will say when it comes to blue eye samurai it is on my best of oh yes 2023 i'm thrilled with some caveats oh okay interesting one of the best animated series i've ever seen in my entire life absolutely bar none uh the voice acting is impeccable absolutely Mm -hmm. uh, fantastic the story, the lore, just tremendous. Absolutely really easy to get into. If people are are just, you know, if you're squeamish, then obviously it's going to be not for you. But if you're into, as far as adult uh, animated features that tell a great story, I think they, that you do need to get into the Blue-Eyed Samurai. The thing, though, is for me, there's a couple little things that take away from perfection. Okay. And one is... The montages, they didn't have any need or, or anything as far as it's concerned to go ahead and put modern music uh, in a, something that, that uh, it's a dating back series, a series that, that's supposed to date back thousands of years. And yet you're throwing out as far as a quick montage with uh, music that was in Kill Bill part one i believe if i'm not mistaken so right i just and and there was other montages there was like two or three montages so there weren't too many of them but when they come in it's just like a sudden jolt of like why do i need this you can do a montage with music set in and around that time that i think would have fit better but i just really think it was just it, it's out of place for what goes on in that series and i just thought that was a little ding plus the way it ends the season it, it way that set up for the show was supposed to lead you and, and tie a lot of things up. Yeah. Unfortunately, it did not tie anything up. No, it everything refused was to, left actually. Open. It refused to and left yeah. it all open and changed everything around in that final episode to go mm-hmm. ahead and make sure that it would get a you know blessing for a season two from Netflix. Yeah. That to me was irritating. I'm not going to say it wasn't well done. I'm just telling you it was irritating and it was a little bit of a disappointment. You know, I understand that you could leave a couple aspects of it open, mm-hmm. but then you should create more situations from it, but at least satisfy your audience with some closure on certain aspects of the story for some of these characters. I mean, I think I, that, and the fact I, that you did none of them, none of the, none of them 
was just absolutely irritating to me because again, I spent invested eight eight episodes, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Yeah, eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah, I invested all those hours into it expecting some type of closure because it was so well made. And I didn't get it because it was just like, oh, we're just going to go ahead and give you cliffhangers on everything. Or it wasn't actually cliffhangers per se. It was actually just, oh, we're just leaving this open-ended for season two to, you know, tune into season two to see how this gets resolved. Maybe. And it just kind of led you on in that aspect. And the fact that they, you know, left so many things open, I guess it's great for season two. But the thing is, you were readying everyone up to close some of these things by the end of the season and you didn't do it. And I, that I think was just, mm, mm, cause I wanted to give this on one of my top grades of the season for anything in pop culture. I really right. did mm-hmm. really wanted to, and it's like, because I, because they left so much open-ended, it made me angry. And I, you know, it's still one of the best things out there animated, uh, uh, you know, out there, whether it's on Netflix or something else, but yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, you know, it, it's I like know. it, it just led me on and, and grabbed me by the nose and led me on through nine episodes or eight episodes or whatever. And it just, that I found a little bit irritating, but it is extremely well done in doing so. It really is. And I mean, I, without going or even like giving any kind of real spoiler, because I, I don't want to do that for somebody who's going to sit down uh, and watch the show. But, you know, I they did tie up a few things, though. Like, uh, you know, she she got the thing back. Huh? You know what I mean? What the, what, she got the thing back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without, without, you know, doing too many spoilers. Uh, but it leads into something else that's open-ended. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I mean, so... Uh, they, like, they, like the two lovers? It was like... Know, that, okay, that was supposed to be something, but no, that's open ended, you know. She's they were just tying up like little tiny pink, and then that yeah. was good, and then this one is good, and then this one is good, and then this one is good, yeah, and then this one is good. All I, I feel like I'm looking at my shoe rack with a whole bunch of untied <laughs> shoes there. So. Yes, yeah, exactly. So you they they built the shoe rack, they put the shoes on it. Some of them didn't even have laces, other ones are half tied, others are totally tied, but the shoes on the top rack. Those ones are where season two is going to start. They're going to build on top of that. But that's the problem. So many things were left out, uh, you know, as far as left undone for season two that I just found it just disappointing as far as closure is concerned. You might as it just it just me, you know, it's something that to me where I wanted closure on a lot of these aspects and it didn't get done because they just were, you know, in an obvious attempt to go ahead and, you know, advertise to Netflix. Hey, we need a season two for this. And if that's the case, that's great. But uh, still, to me, it led me on, and I was kind of disappointed for that. But let's not beat around the bush. There's still eight and a half, or not, you know, everything but the last half of the episode, last episode, is absolutely brilliant in what it does in setting up, creating a world, creating characters, interactions with each other, building a template for an outstanding series to come. And yes, I will be as eager as you are to watch Blue Eyes Samurai season two. Yeah, so good. Yeah, honestly, if you haven't watched it yet, shame on you. <laughs> and a lot of people haven't caught it. And that's that's on, I think Netflix has really missed the boat on advertising it. Yeah. Uh, and I really think that that's a shame because it is on a lot more best up lists. But that's the only way people are able to go ahead and, and check it out is because, oh, these shows and, and critics are, calling it great i guess i might as well check it out you know but netflix you know with all the the money that it has 
just seems to throw a whole bunch of stuff out there as always and see what sticks. The problem is this is something that should stick, but you didn't give it enough to go ahead and do so uh, as far as advertising it out there. So we'll see. It is given a season two and we'll see if it's given more, but yeah, it is on my best of pop culture for 2023. And I do want to give a honorable mention to the live action one punch. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I have, I'm, and I know everybody's like, oh, it gets great after 150 episodes. I, I'm not going to put 150 episodes of time into something that just gets good at 150, but I enjoyed the live action show. I, I thought that was cool. Okay. All right. Well, there yeah. you go. Uh, there were also some other good live action adaptations uh, that I saw on Netflix. So definitely we'll be probably talking about that here in the coming days, especially Josh, who, uh, loves his anime, so I know he will indeed. But yeah, those are our thoughts with Melinda's best of pop culture. Anything else strike your fancy? Outside, of course, Robbie Ross, of course. Yeah, what, right, anything right, else right. strike your fancy? Oh, hmm. let me think, because I've got... Well, you know what? I can talk about this. So uh, Vampire the Masquerade, right? Uh, they're forever releasing new books and more books and, and things like that. And they did a player's guide, this one right here. Um, mm -hmm. And it it came out in 2023. So it kind of takes that really thick uh, core book that they have. It reorganized some of it, made some of it a little bit easier to to navigate and and stuff like that. Give you Gives you some different discipline options and, and things like that. Um, worth the money. Even if you have a couple of copies of it at the table uh, for your players when they come over to play, uh, it's not going to hurt anything. It's a, it's a really solid, uh, you know, kind of like player's handbook for D&D &D versus the Dungeon Master's Guide. It's really great. I 10 out of 10 do recommend. Well, there you have it. There is Melinda Barkhouse Ross, her best of 2023. If you have some best of pop culture for 2023, we'd love to hear it. Please let us know. Comment in the box below, whether on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, or go ahead and let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, you know, heading into the new year, one of the best things about the start of the new year that I go to and I'm very blessed to go to is the Consumer Electronics Show, CES 2024. You and I have paraded the Las Vegas Convention Center before for NAB, or was it CES? No, it was NAB. As NAB? Okay. Yep. Yes, because we saw everything everywhere all at once as far as the yes. editing. And all, yes. God, that was cool. That was so yes. neat. But uh, this was for the Consumer Electronics Show, and there you could see the future of where Consumer Electronics is. You could see all the trends you can see the large and smaller entities out there, whether it's someone, 
uh, a firm based overseas, whether it's a firm based in the North Amer- in North America, whether it's small, whether it's large, you will get a chance to interact and see all of them right there in a nutshell. Uh, what's up, cool bro? Hopefully everything is well with you. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But Consumer Electronics Show 2024 for me and my travels. And the thing is, I don't stay in any lines. I learned after doing this for 28 years, uh-huh. I think, roughly, because I've been blessed to do this since 1996. I've been blessed to be a part of CES since 1996. Going around, you learn all the tricks of the trade. You know how to get where to get in, where do you go out. You know how to save money on parking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know where you learn all the ins and outs after doing it so many years. And one of the things you do not do right away, if you want to see what's going on and see all the trends, you do not get any lines, get into any lines for any product demonstrations right away. You can save that for the end if you want to. Like Netflix had its huge chamber for gaming that they want to go ahead and show off to but you have to wait in an hour plus long line in order to do so or if you want to go ahead and see some of the latest electronics uh as far as uh, cut you know as far as uh, top of the line electronics in some occasions you might have to wait in 30 45 minute lines i chose not to do that i chose to go in and out make sure i'm checking everything out as far as the news the trends the what is the what's what's there at at CES? Obviously, looking at the TVs, CES never has a loss of televisions out there because it is one of the greatest mediums out there. Is the television and just to see the type of fidelity, the 8K, the micro LEDs, the absolutely stunning picture that. A lot of these televisions have, uh, whether it's Hisense, whether it's Sony, Samsung, I saw some brilliant LG, Panasonic, Sharp. I saw some absolutely stunning TVs. And the fact that the basic size TV sets are getting larger and larger, going from in the 50s to the 60s to the 70s. Now, with a top end, you know, I saw, I think the largest I saw. I think I saw 140, if I'm not wow. mistaken. I have to look at the picture, but that was micro LED. I'm not sure if that was a projector. The one I do know that was not a projector, I think, was a Hisense 115, wow. to give you an idea. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely gorgeous. I wanted to lift it up, put it over my shoulder, and run out of the Las Vegas <laughs> Center. I just will say that. But unfortunately, I didn't do it. There were several security people around, so obviously I couldn't do that. But One of the interesting things that a lot of these vendors are doing is the focus on gaming, Mm. which was interesting because there was a gaming section and there was a representation by Stern Pinball, Netflix, like I talked about, uh, as far as some other various gaming entities that were there. And I have a whole bunch of pictures and I hopefully will uh, upload them to Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook here in the coming days. But one of the interesting things was that whether it was TCL, who makes some outstanding televisions of their own, Sony, whether it was uh, uh, you know, just other Samsung, the focus on gaming in their own booths, their own humongous booths, right alongside, in the case of Samsung, right alongside their 
their you know washers dryers uh, their their future of refrigerators you know whatever smart televisions they have the fact that they all these large entities have sections devoted to gaming this year was something that threw me for a loop because the fact is they see the future of gaming and the interactivity of these smart televisions, whether it's uh, acquiring Games Pass, whether it's uh, just basically the fidelity that you're showing off. Absolutely just fantastic for gamers that the appreciation for the large entities, uh, these, these corporations, these entities, whether they're small or large, the focus on gaming is absolutely greatly appreciated because it's not always been there at CES. It has not always been there. Well, what was the most ex like exciting TV gaming combo that you saw? The the what? What was the most exciting like gaming TV kind of combo situation that you saw? Oh well, the best. I mean, I this was like several times. It got sure. redundant where you would mm -hmm. have the. Uh, as far as that, even whether it was a small vendor or a larger vendor, the sit-down driving machines that are VR. Because one of the things right. that was predominant that I think was a little bit overblown was VR. Right. AI, of course, is everything has to have AI now because we live in an AI world. And so we mm -hmm. saw an abundance of AI there. But uh, VR was still, even to this day, in abundance at CES. And I'm not sure the market supports it. We'll find out with the Apple Vision Pro because you, you everybody has heard that they announced uh, as far as I think, pricing and availability and when it's going to come out and all that stuff uh, earlier this week, right around the time of CES. But VR in and of itself was absolutely abundant there. And one of the things that they would like to show off, all these vendors, small or large, was having a sit-down unit with a surround sound TV, surround TV, curve-shaped TV, uh, surround sound system popping in your ears, and the VR uh, glasses, and having you go from there. All of them seemed to want to do it. What was once a novelty was once something set aside for just one part of the gaming booth where there was just one of those machines. Now they were in abundance, whether it was in the gaming section or whether it was in the main booth like samsung whether it's or sony or something like that it was right they were out there and abundant which i don't know why per se i don't know what the purpose was other than maybe to sell those type of units but i really think the marketplace it, it just shows me that there's so much reliance on vr as a part of the future i'm just not thinking that the demand is quite up for it as of yet yeah and i i just yeah, I, I feel the same about it. But, you know, and Robbie has said a, a few times, you know, it's we, we need to get some VR headsets because we don't want to be in, in the in this in a situation in a, in a few years where we're so behind in learning about this technology that we're, you know, going to be like grandparents trying to get their grandkids to show them how to work their phones. You know, we, we don't want to end up in that kind of a situation. So when we uh, are talking about it, I'm just like, I just don't think that the technology is there yet for it to be truly useful. Um, or enjoyable and, by it, by the masses. Yeah. And I mean, maybe an augmented reality is something that I would be a little bit more interested in. I don't know, but uh, that's, uh, that's, that's where I stand on it right now anyway. Again, it was just something I noticed that, you know, okay, when you see one sit-down driving unit, okay, it's a novelty. But when yeah. you see three, four, five, seven, 
10. I go, mm -hmm. I went into double digits from all the different vendors that had their own driving experiences, whether it's to show off a curved television, whether it's show off their VR, whether it was show off any aspect of it. I'm like, this is technology for the most part that has been out there for a decade, a decade plus I've seen it at CES. Yet now it seems like all these other surprising entities got into it. I'm not sure it's the wisest use and allocation of space or or funding, but hey, it's not my money that they're dealing with. But I will say though, that when they go back and focus in on the particulars, like the audio equipment, obviously is just top notch as far mm -hmm. as the different type of audio experiences that you can have with, with Dolby Atmos, Dolby Digital, et cetera, et cetera. Just absolutely just fantastic hearing how detailed you can make the sound and, and the pinpoints as far as in the back of your head when you listen to it, as far as on the top of the line equipment that they have there, but also as well, just the fantastic visuals. Where we are with technology just seems to get better and better. That's one of the reasons why I still go because just going to see, just going to see these fantastic pieces of technology in such a fashion and seeing how crisp and clear it is. Yes, I understand it's it's uh, saturated, uh, programmed stuff specifically designed to do just that. You know, how will it be just showing off regular television or the football game or what have you? It's a different story. But just seeing it in, a, in that nature is just truly fantastic, Melinda. And uh, I'm really blessed every time I get a chance to go. Yeah, tell me how Family Feud's going to look on that TV, and then you'll have maybe have sell me on something. Family Feud in 8K. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. So you'll get to see right down to the pores of, you know, all <laughs> Steve the... Harvey, yeah. Yes, uh, and yeah. whatnot. But I will tell you, I, I am just extremely blessed anytime I go to CES, seeing the technology. Uh, it's interesting, though, that my arcade is still there and others still trying to go ahead and uh, pawn off all these IPs that are still pole position. Well, it made a comeback that my arcade is absolutely trying to get a minute making miniature of. They are made, they have made a miniature of, and they're going to be selling it off along with all the Pac Man, Street Fighter, and other familiar IP derivatives that you've seen time and mm -hmm. time again. Um, I do, I do think that it was cool seeing Stern Pinball devote quite a bit to their newest pinball machine in Jaws, the original Jaws. Right. And uh, they actually had a uh, uh, was it the late uh, Robert Shaw. They actually had a a, uh, a literally a statue of him, like a you know, like you something you see at Madame Tussauds. Right. And, and yeah, it's just sitting there trying to fish, and the next thing you've got a big Jaws uh, shark at it. I have a picture of that uh, with a pinball in the Jaws mouth. It's just interesting to see. But yeah, they've got their line of pinball machines. It's always interesting to see Stern pinball. In the middle of all this, uh, you know, it's going back. I've actually spoken to Mr. Stern himself, interviewed him on the on a episode long long ago for the Pop Culture Cosmos. It was just a treat hearing him and his, his you know understanding the history of pinball through him and his his words anytime he's there. So yeah, it was great to see that. But yeah, just overall, again, just experiencing it. Uh, I know that there were years that, like like last year and the year before and a year before that, when everybody fell in love with drones. So everybody had to have a year. Yeah. Of drone. It's always there's always something that's always flowing across there. This year it was AI, VR, and those sit down racers per se. Mm -hmm. 
before in the past it's been things like the android gaming boxes i remember when everybody yeah. had to have an android gaming box and that obviously you saw that that didn't go very far when it comes right down to it my friend when you are looking at new technology yeah you just talked about it with the elgato mm -hmm. what are you looking for in new technology that really will you know enhance your life so to speak i want a new piece of technology or a new piece of equipment or whatever to be able to slide into my life, take minimal fuss, minimal messing around to get it set up and to get it working. And the, the easier it is that it just kind of comes into your life and makes some aspect of it easier, the more likely I am to buy into it. And that's really what happened with those Elgato cameras. You plug it in and then boom, you're on the internet. It, it's, they're really great. So I was really worried about when we got the PS5, I was worried about how am I going to get everything transferred from my PS4 over into my PS5? How is all of that going to, it did it itself. I just did it. It said, do you want to? And I said, yes. And then I walked away and I came back all of my like Disney plus I was, I was not only uh, the app wasn't only added to my PS5, but my account was logged in, you know, all of that stuff. It was just easy. And that's what I like. I, I don't like it when I have to troubleshoot tech. I'm terrible at it. I find it frustrating. It makes me feel dumb and I don't like that feeling. And if I continue to feel that way when I use a product, I'm going to get rid of the product as soon as possible. So ease of use, have me not notice uh, when it comes into my life. But if it went away, if I, if it's really invaluable, when it goes away, I'm definitely going to notice that it's not there. And it's a funny place for technology to land, but I, there there is technology that that does that kind of stuff. So that's what I look for anyway. What are your thoughts out there on the Consumer Electronics Show? What are you looking for in new consumer electronics that you may be interested in purchasing sometime this year or later this year when a lot of this is coming out? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. But before we head on out, your final words on what you're up to, including the new project that just started this year. For Wizards and Wine, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight wrapped in 2023. And in 2024, we're starting to release the episodes of my first homebrew. And I'm really, really proud of it. I don't know if it's good, but my table is enjoying it. <laughs> so you can be the judge of that. The first two episodes now actually are, are online and live. If you want to check them out, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. And it's just been a lot of fun to write. There are some familiar characters from the Dungeons and Dragons world that I used in, in, in the story. Um, and if you listen to the Wild Beyond the Witchlight stuff, you probably already have a pretty good idea of, of what I've carried over into the homebrew. But we're just about in the episode. We're going to play tonight after this wraps up. So we're really, I guess, going to get into or start to get into, I suppose, the meat and potatoes of the uh, the campaign uh, tonight, hopefully. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we're really, I'm really excited about this season. I'm really proud of the work we've done. I think the table is doing a fantastic job. We decided to keep our characters from the wild beyond the witch light. So you have Amaryllis, Les, Divot, Bevy, and Trix. And uh, it's the same cast of characters, the same cast of players. And yeah, we're just really proud of the work that we've done on it. So uh, hopefully you check it out and hopefully you agree. There you go. Please check it out. Support Melinda today, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. 
And here's hoping you have yourself and Kubro too. <laughs> a great day. And may the force be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>